This is Three Valleys Radio. It's Friday night, time for the racing show. We've got it all. Top tipsters. Top trainers. Top jockeys. Plus all the news. So if racing's your game, this is the programme for you. Well, good evening and welcome to the racing show. And what a week it's been. Adam Kirby wins his first derby. And we'll reflect on that in a minute. And we've also got... A chat with Mick Shannon, who talks to us about his start in racing after his football career came to an end. We've got Rod Millman down in Columpton. We've got Jamie Snowden. We've got Tom Ward. We've got Colin Brown, of course, who tipped the winner of the derby last week. So amongst uh, his four winners. So uh, all in all, I hope we've got something to meet your tastes and uh, enjoyment. Anyway, let's get started with all the news from the Racing Post. And here's Mike Padden. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Racing News with a big thanks to the Racing Post. Here's our first story. Aidan O'Brien is edging away from an immediate clash with the Colts for record-breaking Oaks winner Snowfall with next month's Jude Monte Irish Oaks high on the agenda. O'Brien stressed no firm decision has been made on a next target for Snowfall, whose winning margin of 16 lengths under Frankie de Tory beat the previous Oaks record held by 1983 when a Sun Princess. Snowfall was made 5-1 favourite for the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe after her Epsom win, but O'Brien is taking it slowly with targets, although next month's classic at the Corral was mentioned. Enable is the last Oaks winner to follow up in the Irish equivalent in 2017. O'Brien said we'll see how she comes out of the race before deciding on anything, but the Irish Oaks would look an ideal race for her on what she did yesterday. We'll see how she is over the next while. He added, Santa Barbara 5th ran well, and it looked like the trip might have just stretched her a bit, so she could come back in distance. And our next story from the Racing Post. Bowie sets his sights at the top with Oates' second mystery angel. George Bowie was, on Saturday, still coming to terms with the performance of his first classic runner, Mystery Angel, after the 50-1 to shot finished second to Snowfall. The informed trainer will monitor his filly before deciding on future targets next week alongside her owner's Nick Bradley Racing. It was an amazing effort, said Bowie. She's a special filly, and in a normal year, when you don't have a freak like the winner Snowfall, she would have won the Oaks. It's just a huge credit to her. She's been around the continent already and is improving all the time. He added she's Group 1 place now, so we've got to plot the right route carefully and try to find the right race to target with her. He added it's tricky because the majority of suitable races are early closing and she's not in the Ribblesdale and it might come too soon for her. The natural step would be to go for the hopping stakes at Newcastle but it's a group three and we should probably set our sides at the top. We'll monitor for the next week or so and I'll discuss it with Nick. Bowie, who set out his first runners in 2019, won the Woodcut Stakes on Friday with Oscula. She's already owned by Nick Bradley Racing and could be aimed at the Albany Stakes at Royal Ascot. It was a special day for Nick and his guys, added the trainer. It sounds mad, but I've never seen so many grown men cry. 
Some of them only own small percentages of horses, but they experience something most people can't afford. Nick makes it accessible. The trainer added, Mystery Angel was our first classic runner, and I never expected to go so close so early in my career. She's certainly not bred for what she achieved, and she's a by Cody Bear out of Dark Angel Mare. I thought she'd win a maiden, and we might nick a bit of black type. She's never worked like a Group 1 filly, and saves it for the track. He added, Oscula was pretty impressive too. Her work has been good without being exceptional, but I like them to improve on the track. They have to be good to win on their debut, and she'll probably go to Ascot. She was a cut for the Albany Stakes after her win at Epsom. Mystery Angel was supplemented for the Oaks and finished clear of Divinely and Saver Forest, whose trainer Roger Varian was also represented by Tiona and Cheshire Oaks second Zayada. I thought Saver Forest ran a great race, said the trainer. She got into a bit of trouble when they crossed over, and I don't know if it cost her a third, as Callum Shepherd never really stopped riding. Zayada didn't stay. She came there in the straight but just didn't get home. We'll drop her in trip next time. Tiona didn't appear to handle the track and took a while to get the hang of things. We'll look to run her on a more conventional track next time, and also on better ground, as her mother ambivalent wanted it quick. Next up from the Racing Post, a leg injury might go some way to explaining Bolshoi Ballet's disappointing effort in Saturday's Kazoo Derby at Epsom, Aidan O'Brien suggested 24 hours later when still digesting the reverse. Owned by the Coolmore Partners and George Von Opel, Bolshoi Valley went off the 11-8 Derby favourite and raced handily under Ryan Moore, but was pushed along before three out by the rider and weakened into seventh place, 17 lengths adrift of the impressive Adaya. The Ballydoll trainer described the effort as lifeless, but an on-course vet observed the colt had been struck into on his right hind, which connections believe happened early on in the Classic. He's very sore this morning, O'Brien said, after watching St Mark's Basilica win Sunday's Prix de Jockey Club. He added, we've played back the videos and the jockeys have helped us, and he definitely had it at the top of the hill. He obviously got it in the first 150 yards, so he's very sore this morning. We'll see how he is for a few days. Usually with a horse, if that happens to him late in the race, it doesn't affect them because their blood is up, but this happened very early. And because it happened so early, obviously it suggests it was a good reason for the disappointing run. O'Brien, who was seeking a record ninth Derby triumph, hopes the problem is a minor one and added... It was just off the tendon at the back. The lads thought seven to ten days, and then we should be able to start doing something with him again. The son of Galileo, who won the Derristown Stud Derby trial at Leopardstown last month, is entered in the Dubai duty-free Irish Derby at the Carrar on June the 26th and Sandown's Coral Eclipse a week later. And our final story from the Racing Post today. Freewheeling Dylan, the horse who surprised everyone by landing a 150 to 1 sucker punch to his Boyle Sports Irish Grand National rivals, has returned to training with the Midlands Grand National at Kilbegan, the main aim. The longest priced winner in the Irish national history, Freewheeling Dylan will be bidding to recall back to back victories in the Kilbegan showpiece on July the 9th, but will likely have the burden of carrying top weight.
The nine-year-old's form figures at Kilbegan read second, first, second, seventh, first, and first. And while his trainer Dermot McLaughlin has one eye on the Grand National at Aintree in the spring, he is keen not to let the good weather pass him by. McLaughlin explained, "We gave him a break after Punchestown and brought him back into training a week ago." He is a summer horse, and he seems to like it around Kilbegan. So the plan would be to aim him back at the Midlands Grand National. Freewheeling Dylan recorded an epic win in the Kilbegan Showpiece last summer, edging out three Musketeers by a nose off 135. But is 11 pound higher in the weights after his Fairy House heroics? Nice ground and coarse form is enough not to perturb McLaughlin, allowing his star performer to shoulder a mammoth weight at Kilbegan, and he has already mapped out what the winter months might entail. McLaughlin said, options are thin on the ground, and given he loves Kilbegan, you have to kind of go back there. He will have to carry top weight in the Midlands National, but we could always claim off him. He continued, Galway wouldn't suit him, so he won't go for the plate. So it will more than likely be Kilbegan, and then we could even aim him at some of the cross-country races before heading to the Aintree Grand National. He added, that is a while away yet, but he could be an Aintree horse this season. That's why we're hoping he is anyway. I think he'll take to the cross-country discipline because he loves jumping. We haven't set anything in stone, but the best thing about it is the owner, Sheila Mangan, works in the yard, so we can have plenty of conversations about it. Thanks for listening. This has been the Racing News, with thanks to the Racing Post. So where are you going racing this weekend? Let's have a look. It's a pretty long list. OK, well, we'll start. There are seven races at Sandan with a 105 start. Eight races over the jumps at Hexham, 115 start. Seven races on the flat at Bath, a 120 start. Eight races over the jumps at Downpatrick in Ireland with a 130 start. Six races on the flat at Chester with a 140 start. Eight races on the flat at Limerick with a 150 start. Seven races on the flat at York with a two o'clock start. Seven races on the flat at Leicester with a 540 start. And there's more. Seven races over the jumps at Worcester with a six o'clock start. There's also racing at Eagle Farm in Australia where there are three races that start at 4.53. Now, as we all heard last week, Adam Kirby won his very first derby on Adaya. And let's just refresh our memories as to how he did it. Gear up has made it all so far under Ben Curtis from U Spirit second. Bolshoi Ballet is moving well in a good position on the outside. No excuses from there. A day around the inside. Then Hurricane Lane, the tumble down now to Tatnam Corner and they swing for home. And it's gear up from U Spirit. Bolshoi Ballet is pushed up on the outside. A day back on the inside from Mojo Star. Then Hurricane Lane. McSweeney is on the move now. And John Leaper making ground from the back of the field. Third realm is outpaced. One ruler begins to run on. Southern Lights is well beaten. And now Adayar goes on up the far side from Hurricane Lane. It's Godolphin. One and two. Bolshoi Ballet is not finding anything. And it's Adayar that leads the Derby field. Three lengths clear. Mojo Star, a massive outsider, second. And Hurricane Lane in third. And it's going to be a shock result. Adayar and Adam Kirby. Adam Kirby for a first classic success. And Adayar is pouring on and striding clear to win the Derby. 
And Dayar wins by about five lengths. Mojo Star second. Hurricane Lane third. Typhoon fourth between McSweeney and Third Realm. Followed by One Ruler. Then Youth Spirit, Bolshoi Ballet, Well Beaten, John Leeper, Gear Up and Southern Light. Well, that was our very own Simon Holt calling him home there. But what a finish to the race. And who could have really expected Adayar to sneak through on the rails? And then uh, he was away, wasn't he? But... Uh, Disappointment for the John Leeper supporters. Disappointment for, obviously, Aidan O'Brien and his Bolshoi Bally and Max Sweeney, my particular fancy. All credit to Adam Kirby and Charlie Appleby, of course, and Godolphin for a fantastic victory in the 2021 derby. Well, of course, next week it's Royal Ascot and Simon Holt is here to have a look at the festival. Well, good afternoon, Simon. Thanks for joining us. Um going to have a look at... Um, Certainly some of the earlier races at Royal Ascot, but uh, a few more general comments on the later races. So uh, uh, what have you been looking at so far? Well, obviously, we're looking at um, declarations and entries at this stage, but we've got a pretty good idea what's going to run on Tuesday. And I suppose one of the bankers of the week is going to turn up in the very first race of the meeting, which is the Queen Anne Stakes, because Palace Pier has looked fairly unbeatable, really, over a mile. And uh, he's going to take a lot of beating after his win in the lock-in stakes first time out this season. And he's up against possibly the likes of Tilsit, who ran well in the pre-Dispahan over in France, Top rank who chased him home in the lock inch as a possibility, and past winner of this race, Lord Glitters, and maybe even Order of Australia for Aidan O'Brien, who uh, Order of Australia, who's the winner at the Breeders' Cup. But if Palace Pier is in the sort of form he was when winning the lock inch, then uh, he's going to take a lot of beating. And um, so perhaps um, a race where you're not going to get a really good price winner if he, if he really delivers in the hands of. Frankie de Tory. The um, highlights on the first day, I suppose, are the King's Stand and the St. James's Palace stakes. In yeah. the King's Stand, Batash looks fantastic, uh, uh, fantastic that he's coming back. He had a little bit of a setback after he won the Nunthorpe last season, but he won this race last year. And uh, he's been second in it twice before, beaten twice by Blue Point. But, you know, we all know what a fantastically fast horse he is. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's great to see him back. But I think Oxted is an interesting rival there, dropping back to a stiff five furlongs from six. And, um, you know, this is also won the July Cup last season. He's not been perhaps quite at his best so far this term, but he didn't run badly last time at York over six. And I just think he's very interesting back over a stiff five. Yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, that's going to be quite a race, I think. Yeah, I think I should keep faith with Batash. I've always admired the horse. It seems to be, you know, fantastic. Wouldn't it be great to own a horse like that? Dear, oh dear. <laughs> well, he's, he's brilliantly quick. You yeah, know, he's, yeah. he's an outstandingly fast horse. And he's got a great longevity. And in fact, to be honest, as he's got older, he's got better. Yeah. Because... In his earlier days, he was very hard to handle. He'd often boil over a little bit before the race. But with maturity, he's a little bit more manageable. And I remember one day last year, I think it was the race at Goodwood he won, the King George Stakes, which he's won now for, I think, the last three three runnings. And Jim Crowley was able to just sit sit into him. He wasn't tearing away. He, he didn't blaze off from the very start of the race. And he was able to sit into him and then ask him to use his speed from about two and a half furlongs out. 
and of course, you know, he was un- unstoppable. Mm-hmm. So he's a much more professional racehorse than than perhaps he used to do, used to be when he used to just blaze off in front, and it was a case of whether he would be at a last home. But no, he's been an astonishing sprinter. I mean, next to Blue Point, who beat him in two of these King Stand stakes, you know, he's been the best sprinter we've seen for for a few years. Yeah. But, um, I do think Oxford is a is a potentially um, stiff rival if if he comes back to his best, and I just I just quite like the idea of a horse like that dropping back a bit in distance um, on a stiff track. You know, yeah, yeah. the um, yeah. the other big races of St James's Palace Stakes, and it could it's hard to know at the moment. Um, Poetic Flair, of course, the winner of the two thousand guineas, he's had a busy time. He then ran in the uh, French. And then was second to Max Sweeney in the Irish Guineas. He could turn out again. You know, he's had a had a very hard um, six weeks. Moster um, Def is a possibility. I think interesting one for John Gosden. Chindit was fifth in the Guineas, and tactical for Her Majesty the Queen, who won at the meeting last year and could step up in trip to a mile. And there's a horse of Aidan O'Brien's, I think, is interesting, called Roman Empire. Now, I don't know if you watched the Dante stakes at York last month, but Roman Empire went off miles in front in the hands of Holly Doyle. And it was amazing how long he lasted, actually. I mean, they only really got to him in the last furlong and a half, and he, he kept on pretty well. And I thought he showed a lot of ability in that race, finishing fourth behind Hurricane Lane. I'd be very interested if he turned out in the St. James's Palace Stakes for Aidan O'Brien. Though O'Brien has got, he's got battleground Ontario and Wembley also uh, entered up in that um, in that same race. 66 to 1 at the moment, but obviously that can change. But... Uh... Well, he was in that race, um, I assume, as a pacemaker for High Definition, who finished third. Yeah. And High Definition didn't actually go for the derby in the end, did he? And he almost got away from them, you know. He, he almost did a serpentine, like in last year's derby. Yeah, and yeah. for a moment, I thought halfway down the home straight, this, this horse is just going to make it all. So... Yeah, I think he's a pretty useful horse, but we'll see. You know, see if mm. he turns up. See what Aidan O'Brien runs. This is this is always one of the big problems looking ahead a few days before a meeting because you never know what Aidan O'Brien no, is going to run. Really, is there any any ideas talking of Aidan O'Brien? Why he uh, you know sudden about turn with, with the Derby when one minute six minute six entries, next minute one entry. Well, um, obviously it, it all backfired. The the favourite, the horse that they. They were pinning all their hopes to uh, Bolshoi Ballet. He returned with quite a bad cut mm. on a hind leg, so he was struck into during the race, which may well explain why he performed as he did. And, you know, the, the conclusion is that they just thought that he was going to be the best horse. Yeah. Uh, high Definition, who just mentioned, who ran quite a promising race in the Dante. I think they, they possibly felt that he'd be better suited by the Curra. He's a he's a real staying type of horse and maybe the galloping track at the Curra a bit, bit flatter. Um, they felt that uh, perhaps that would be more suitable for him and perhaps that's where he's going to go. The others, maybe they just didn't think they were good enough. Yeah. It's very yeah. unusual these days that Aidan O'Brien would only run one horse mm. in the Derby uh, and not even a pacemaker. No. So my conclusion was that they were really confident that Bolshoi Ballet would win, and it, it backfired, and he was unlucky. You know, it was unfortunate just to get a get a get a knock. Yeah, yeah. 
So where are we going to now then? Uh, we've done well, we can have a look. We can have a look in a little bit of detail on Wednesday. The um, the two main races on Wednesday at Ascot, Royal Ascot, are the Duke of Cambridge Stakes, which is a mile race for fillies, and the one that really stands out in this is Lady Bothorpe, who ran that uh, marvellous race to chase home Palace Pier in the lock-in stakes. And providing that wasn't any kind of a fluke then she's going to take a bit of stopping in this race. Um, I think there's a an interesting runner in Onassis who won the Sandringham Handicap at the meeting last year and also won listed races at Chantilly and Goodwood. I think she's a pretty good filly, Onassis, and I think the track at Ascot really suits her because she's best held up and the stiff course they're just stopping in front of her a little bit but but lady both thought probably going to be quite a short price favorite for that on the on the back of her win in the lockinge and there, there could be a marvelous renewal of the prince of wales estates which was won last year by john gosden's lord north who beat a day both of those are in the entries in the five-day declarations aiden o'brien could run armory who was third in the and then the Chester on his reappearance. He's a he's a really good horse. And further down, a couple of smart fillies, Ordaria for James Fanshawe, who won at the Breeders' Cup, and Love for Aidan O'Brien. And uh, she looked a splendid filly last year. Of course, a, an absolute runaway winner of the Oaks. Yeah. So it'll be fascinating yeah. if she turned up. So that that looks a real highlight on Wednesday. Do you think? I think I mentioned this to you once before. Um, John Gosden usually, you know, he can do no wrong, but he certainly hasn't exactly set the world on fire so far this season, has he? I think he would admit, admit himself that he just doesn't have the firepower that he's had. You know, he's, he, you know, in the last couple of years, he's enable has been the the stable flag bearer, and uh, obviously she's now retired. Mm. He's said that his three-year-olds are not a vintage bunch he's still got some decent chances lord north for example in this prince of wales estates we're just looking at there will be chances and of course moving on to thursday this is a good link actually ad yeah we move on to thursday in the gold cup his big chance of the whole week is stradivarius yeah who will yeah. be to emulate yates by winning for the fourth time and um he came back to win the cigarro stakes at ascot he was beaten in his last two starts last season but uh if he's at his best, then he's got a great chance of winning another Gold Cup. So, yeah, yeah. you're right. I don't think this is going to be a great season for John Gosden. Um, nor uh, Frankie de Torre's had very few rides. He's, he's had some marvellous results from just a few rides. Yeah. Um, but they might not have quite the success they, they, they've been used to in the last few years. Mm. No, it's just, just sort of struck me that, you know... Um, Rav Hablin not usually rides from you know when when Frankie's not around and he certainly is not you know he's missed out on quite a few winners I thought that you know expected them to win and they didn't win so uh, it's an interesting yeah. point interesting yeah. point so you think Stradivarius then for the Gold Cup well I wouldn't be I wouldn't be taking the shortest price on offer the thing I was just looking at some of the the opposition and uh, you look. You look at horses like Trushan, who might not run if the ground's not soft enough. There is there is a bit of rain about in the second half of next week. Yeah. If it came up soft, Trushan could be a big threat. He won 
on Champions Day. He's a progressive horse. He ran very well against Japan at Chester first time out this season, but he does need a bit of cut in the ground. And the other potential big threat is subjectivist, trained by Mark Johnston. He's a he's been a very progressive horse. He's a horse I adore actually. He's an incredible physical um specimen and he bolted up in the Dubai Gold Cup at Maidan in March and has been rested since and this has been the target. You know, so those those two could be major threats to to Stradivarius. Yeah. The only thing is that Stradivarius has got he's proven over the distance. It's two and a half miles. We know he's going to stay. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the other potential rivals to him in the Gold Cup will be trying the trip for the first time. And he's got this wonderful blend of stamina and class. Yeah. He can quicken up. And that's what's made him so potent in these staying races in recent seasons. I do think that he has on, on occasions been showing signs that perhaps racing is not the be-all and end-all for him because in most of his races last season, he was very cultish in the parade ring. And, you know, he brought, he's almost ready to become a stallion, you know. Yeah, yeah. But anything else on on the Thursday that, that sort of, if it runs, of course? Uh, on Thursday, we've got the Ribblesdale Stakes, which is um, a fillies race. Hard to know what's going to run. There's uh, a bit of talk about a, a filly called Shada, trained by Roger Varian, who has been quite impressive at Nottingham and Newbury, a big Gloria Mundi at, uh, at Newbury. Um, Aidan O'Brien's got several entries hard to say what he's going to run so the gold cut really the centrepiece on the Thursday I see Snowfall's one of them I'm sure that's not going to run at 8-1 to one, is it? I would think not because the Ribblesdale is I'm pretty sure it's a group 2 I'm, I mean I'm sure Snowfall will stick to the group 1's now she'll yeah. probably run in the Irish Oaks I imagine yeah. and if she comes through that maybe they'll be looking at a race like the King George or, or something else, you know, for, you know, running against the older horses mm. for her. Yeah. I, I very much doubt that she would run in the Ribblesdale. And going, <clears throat> moving forward to Friday, anything on, on Friday that uh, catches well, your fancy? Yes, on Friday, uh, the big race is rear. We've got the King Edward the seventh stakes. Um, and this, this looks like being quite a good race. It could be anyway. Alan Kerr, was a horse that beat the Derby winner Adair in the Sandown Classic trial earlier this season, and then he had a setback. He couldn't run in the Dante Stakes. It was a last-minute withdrawal from the Dante, and he's apparently back on course. So he's now a very interesting horse, given mm. what Adair did at Epsom, and in that King Edward also. Uh, Baybridge, who won the London Gold Cup very impressively for Sir Michael Stout. He's a, a, a really promising horse. And the other one for William Haggis, Mohafeth, who was taken out of the derby on derby day because they didn't think the ground was quite fast enough. Yeah. yeah. Again, that might be a little bit of a question by the time we get to Friday next week because, as I say, there are... Uh, there are a few showers around in the long-term forecast, maybe even a few thunderstorms. So uh, it, it remains to be seen whether Mohafeth would run at Ascot. But there are three horses there, two for William Haggis, Alan Kerr, Mohafeth, and Bailey Bridge for Sir Michael Stout. But the two big races on the Friday are the Commonwealth Cup, which is a six-furlong race for three-year-olds, a relatively new race, 
I very much like the look of the Wesley Ward trade filly Campanelle, who won the Queen Mary stakes at the meeting last year and then went on to win the pre-Morney and was fourth at the Breeders' Cup. She's a really good filly. Mm -hmm. And I think coming back to Ascot, she's going to take a bit of stopping, actually, in the Commonwealth Cup. She's She's a strapping filly. I really loved her last season. And the other big race is the Group 1 Coronation Stakes, which can be a, um, a rerun sometimes of the 1,000 guineas or a, or a consolation with the 1,000 guineas, but it's a Group 1 race. Mother Earth, the um, new market winner, is in amongst the entries. Uh, so too for Aidan O'Brien is Joan of Arc, who was second in the Irish guineas, looks a potentially smart filly. And you've got Alcohol Free, who was fifth in the 1,000 guineas, and Primo Baccio, who was a very impressive winner at York at the Dante meeting. And uh, that could be a pretty hot contest. Yeah, that's it as well. Yeah, definitely. And then finally on Saturday, is anything exciting coming out on Saturday? Or have we had all the cream by then? Oh, not at all. No, the thing about Royal Ascot is that the um, the quality is sustained through the week. Now, it, it's seven races a day now as a yeah. result of last year's meeting when they added a, an extra race. And it, it, it still managed to hold on to the quality, which some other long meetings, I, I think you could say that Glorious Goodwood or the Goodwood Festival, as they call it now, that's a five-day meeting. And sometimes it just struggles to to maintain high quality through the week. But at Ascot, uh, I, think, I think it does warrant the seven races and i think we're going to have a good day on the saturday uh, the hardwick is uh, the, the big um, uh, middle distance race there uh, it doesn't look as though pile driver who won the coronation cup will reappear for that but the likes of um uh likes of uh, broom for aiden o'brien hookum who won at the meeting last year uh, could be a possibility the progressive illarab sir ron priestley uh, Tiger Moth has got a lot of entries. The horse entries during the week. He he was second in the Melbourne Cup behind Twilight Payment. He's going to be a horse to keep an eye on. That's the hard whip. But the big race on the um, Saturday is, of course, the Diamond Jubilee Stakes. Yeah. And um, in this race, you've got um, Dream of Dreams, who was second last year behind Hello Yumzane and had an easy win at Windsor first time out this season. Glenn Shield who won on Champions Day, I think he'll go. But the favourite is likely to be Starman, who won the Duke of York Stakes at York, beating Nahar, uh, with Summer Gam back in fourth. Uh, those two are going to be well fancied, I think, Starman and Nahar. Starman's a remarkable horse. He's only very lightly raced. Uh, to put up a performance like he did at York was astonishing, really. Mm. And providing it's not too soft, he was beaten on Champions Day last year when it was too soft. You know, he's going to be very popular. And also in the field, possibly, is Glass Slippers, who won the Prix de Labbe, uh, and um, could step up to six furlongs. So that looks a fascinating race with the Diamond Jubilee. So are you going to uh, Royal Ascot then, uh, Simon? Yes, I've been I've been going now for more years than I care to remember, to be <laughs> honest. I've been commentating there since, I think, about 1995 or 1996 each year. So... Um, I've uh, yeah, I've pretty much done I think twenty five years. It may be twenty five years this year. And it's been uh, a great honour to go to to uh, to work there. So you, you'll do the course commentary then, as opposed and yes, but they, that's right. Why don't they take yours for TV as well then? 
because I don't have a contract with ITV. Oh, fair <laughs> that's the simple right. answer. There. <laughs> no, we did it um, when um, Channel Four did the royal meeting for four years running uh, between 2013 and 2016. Uh, so that was out on terrestrial TV, and then uh, in 2016, the um, the rights to the terrestrial coverage, uh, Channel Four, who I work for, Channel Four Racing, they they lost the rights to ITV, mm. and I suppose it was a little bit of a no brainer in a way because ITV were always going to bring in bigger audience figures. So in a way, it's good for the sport. You know, uh, yeah. Channel Four, we'd seen a little bit of a drop in view figures, but you know, in the years before. Uh, we had an extremely popular program, mm, you know, mm. featuring the likes of the the late John McCrick and John yeah. Frank and yeah. Alistair Down. We had a lot of great characters, and I had a wonderful time working for them. And I was lucky to to call some of the some of the greatest races of this this, this century in the early part of this century yeah. um, on terrestrial TV. And frankly, um, I'm still lucky because I'm able to call a lot of these big meetings now all right for a different different masters and at uh, ask it'll be for the race course and sky sports racing it'll go out on sky sports racing and indeed um it's heard royal ascot has an enormous reach mm, all over yeah. all over the world so um you know i'm not i'm not short of a big audience next week but i the commentary is shared next week with a, with one or two of my colleagues and i'm there on the um thursday friday and saturday I should be listening. Well, thank you for all of your uh, assessments of the races, uh, Simon. Let's, uh, let's hope we can pick a few winners out there. And um, I'm sure it's going to be a fantastic week of racing, that's for certain. It never lets us down. It's always fantastic, Royal Ascot. It's a great spectacle. And um, and what's good also, it's not going to have the, the crowds that uh, we usually expect. I mean, normally, you know, you'd get 70,000 people there on Gold Cup Day and maybe on the Saturday, the Diamond Jubilee. Mm. So there's only going to be 12,000 next week uh, because of the restrictions. It's a test event, a COVID test event, but at least there will be some atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, Simon. And um, we'll talk to you again soon, I'm sure. And thank you very much for today. Thank you, Aidy. Thanks a lot. Well, next up, we've got Mr. Michael Shannon. Uh, I was fortunate enough to have a chance to have a chat with him about his football and his racing career. And we touched on when he started off as a racing trainer. As your football career began to, uh, you know, draw to an end, uh, a great one that it was, um, you know, how quickly before you you got into the horse racing? It took a year or so, you know. I mean, uh, I, I didn't think I would come into the training side of it, but I, I was always interested in the breeding side of, of, of the horses and things like that. But yeah. once the opportunity arose, and you know, we, we just got on with it, and we were lucky enough to have winners and move to a nice place and end up buying the Queen's Place at West Hillsley, and we're still here to that day, you know. We're hanging on in there anyway. <laughs> well, you're doing pretty well, I would have thought. But um, yeah. that's where uh, Dick Hurd used to train from, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 West Hills. Yeah. No, I mean, it, I've seen it on, you know, films and stuff, and it looks a lovely place to uh, to train from. Yeah, it is. Well, you, if you go up the 34, you see the gallops on the left. I always used to, never dreamt that I would be uh, training horses up there, but... It's a, it's, a, it's a lovely spot. Very handy, very easy to get everywhere. So I was very lucky. Looking at looking at your list of, of you know the races that you've won, 
Sheepley Park Stakes, Dewhurst, Falmouth Stakes, Kingstown Stakes, Nunthorpe Stakes, St James's Palace Stakes, Sun Chariot Stakes. I mean, they're all Group 1s. I mean, how many is that? Three, six, seven or eight of those Group 1s straight away, not to mention what in, in France, Ireland, Germany, Italy. I mean, it's well, not as though you've... We've been you, all over the place. So, you know, we've been lucky. had some very good horses, you know. Yeah. What would you say is the best horse you've ever had? Well, Umazane was probably the most famous. He was second in three triumphs on the on the trot, you know. Yeah. But probably I had some, you know, I had Samatar won the Irish 1000. She was a very good filly. You know, um, um, probably Queen's Logic was probably the, the best. She was unbeaten. Yeah. And the, and the Arabs retired her because she had some mucus on her, on her lungs. You know, just a little bit of, you know, you wouldn't buy it. But anyway, they they do things their own way, and that was that was a kick in the ghoulies, you might say. But um, we've been very lucky; we've had a lot of good horses. You know, let's hope we haven't finished yet. Have you got any at the moment from people like Godolphin and and Shake Back Tune? Not from Godolphin, no, because well, Godolphin came in because I used to train for the Arabs. But when Godolphin took over, they all went to Godolphin. If you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, Godolphin. yeah. Yeah. So that changed that changed the whole dynamics of it. I never got, you know, we never got to. We don't get such good horses now, but we, yeah, we still find the odd decent one. Yeah. What about Shadwell Park? You know, Shake uh, Hamdam Almutin. Anything from that sort of side of things? No, no. He used to have a few for his best mate Jabber Abdullah, but um, yeah. never for. Pardo Solicitors, the friendly law firm based in the heart of Somerset, with offices in Yeovil, Taunton, and Bridgewater, with a strong ethos of helping those in our community. If in doubt, check it out with Pardos on a free, no obligation call, or subscribe to our free podcast, The Friendly Law Podcast. For more information, call 0800 862 0442 or visit pardos.co.uk. Pardos Solicitors, looking after you, your family, and your business. At AJ Wakeley and Sons Family Funeral Directors, we know the importance of compassion and integrity. We also know how unfamiliar decisions can be so difficult at a time of family bereavement. We can provide a steadying influence just when you need it, guiding and helping you make the right decisions to reflect the kind of funeral that your loved one deserves. Visit our website, www.ajwakeley.com, for more information or Call Clive Wakeley on 01935 479913. When I first started my business, I was hopeless at paperwork. My system involved bunging everything in a shoebox and sorting it out later, much later. Thank goodness for Chalmers Accountants. They soon put me on the right track. They work with businesses of all sizes, and they really know their stuff. Chalmers will provide you with a one-to-one service with your own personal account manager at one of their three local branches. For expert advice on how to make your business more successful, visit chalmersaccountants.co.uk and book your free initial consultation. Of course, it's, uh, it's Derby this week. Uh, have you got any, anything in the Derby? No, uh, no, I hope John Leeper wins it for, for Ed Dunlop, but... Uh... Um, I've got no real, you know, uh, you, you know. Let's put it this way: that uh, Godolphin are, are, are very strong, and I think Coolmore will be the same. So yeah, yeah, they're going to have the majority in it. But it'd be nice if Ed Dunlop won it because named after his dad, he was a lovely man, John Dunlop. Yeah, yeah. Well, I he never... trained down at Arundel, you know. So. Yeah, 
Do you think you think he's got a, a, a sound chance, do you, John Leeper? Well, yeah, a bit. You know, you, you want it to win for him because you know it's named after his dad. So, yeah. But yeah, let's hope it does. You know, we'll have a squeak. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I've just been. I'm just putting the, sh- the racing show together for the for the radio station. We're just running a few old Derby th- and you know, I was just going through what what a price those IRA have got to pay for. You know what they did to Shergar. I watched Shergar with it in '81. What a performance! Yeah, that was. Well, he was a great horse. Very sad what happened to him, but mm. you know, it's terrible when politics and sport mix. You know, yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't really one. You know, c- kind of imagine quite what they hope to gain from it, whether it be politically or military. I just couldn't see it. You well, know, but, uh, uh, but the world's like that. You know, man's inhumanity. Yeah, you yeah. We're no. beating ourselves up now all around the world. So there's lots of things going off that we'll never solve. And so you just got to try and live your life and be as happy as one can be. So tell me, when it when it comes to sort of getting in, into the trading career, I mean, not that I'm thinking of doing it at my age, but but I mean, how how easy is it to do I mean you've got to take a load of modules and what have you presumably first have you well, I think they have now in my day they didn't you know uh, yeah you used to get a load of bollockings in our day but you know <laughs> you can't do that this day in this no. day and age so no. <laughs> things have changed a lot but no I mean yeah they've got to do modules and business you know all you know business plans and all this nonsense yeah you know? Whereas, you know, we had, but we had to sort our own business out and pay our own bills. You know, see um, the pants jobs for you then was it? Changed, but anyway, listen, I'm lucky. I was, I was in. I don't know whether I could, I could bear to go through all the pr- procedures that there are now. I, you know, I, but anyway, my sons are, so they've both been through them. So we'll see yeah. what happens. You know. Yeah, and they're obviously key figures in the whole operation for you down there, yeah? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, are you getting to the point where, you know, you, you're taking a more of a back seat no. or are you still hands-on? Oh, I don't plan. It'll sort itself out. You know, Jack Jack wants to train. Um, if he wants to train, you know, he, he, you know, I think he's... I'd rather him be his old man than, than have to do it with me, you know, because it's, it's the old man or, or or it's the son, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're both our own for and that, you know, just let him get on with it, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, that was Mick Shannon, uh, former footballer and, of course, now a very successful trainer. Well, now it's time to pop down to Columpton and catch up with Rod Millman. OK, fine. OK. Um, well, good to talk to you, Rod. Um, enjoying your holiday, I hope. Um, but the... Yeah, the, yeah, the Okay. The form of the horses seems to be holding up though. A good old Sir Plato came in first again. Yes, that was a great day. That's just um that was his seventh win that was, so that was a great win for them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Although it was only a short head, they all count, don't they? Yeah, he was given a really good ride by um by the jockey. Now you've got a, a fairly busy couple of days coming up, I see, you know, nothing tomorrow I think, but uh, yeah, one tomorrow and then a few on Saturday and Sunday. What what can you tell us about those? Um, his horse that uh, we trained as a two and three year old, then unfortunately he was sold out of the yard and he ended up trained up the north um, and come back to us with the same owners. And he's what, quite a difficult horse, but he's had some good form. His last two runs were third and they'd expect him to run quite a good race yeah. yeah. Then you've got Marigold Boy and Handy Talk and Pride of Hawkridge on uh, on Saturday as well. What about those? Um, well, Pride of Hawkridge, I think, is a 
Mark Boy, unfortunately, saw the little tongue last time he ran that, so he's wearing a tongue tie this time, so the hope we're improving for him. Very fast, obviously, dead, dead for a long way and got tired last time. Hmm. Dropping him back to five for a long season. He's been being a full long hope, but hoping the tongue tie works. He saw the saw his tongue last time, so it's the first time they've come back. Handy talk. Handy talk. Well, he, it's a ladies only race this time, it's for professionals and amateurs. We've got Hayley Turner on it, one of the top lady jockeys. So he shocked her handy bar. Unfortunately, she can't tell him hello. It's not, not the lady jockey to claim the loads, but she has experience. So hopefully, we'll have a good run. He's on the verge of winning again this war. And then I've got a part of Horace running in the last race, which up to now has been a bit disappointing. So we're hoping he can get his season back on track this year. So quite a busy weekend for you, anyway. Yes, that's right. And then we also for Salisbury on Sunday, where I've got Lane Nash running. We've got a nice performance to win his last race. He's running in the boys' race. Race. Yeah. Um, the young Irish the next, the next big thing out of Ireland, and, and what about uh, uh, some? Oh, no, that's right. Uh, Rocket all over the world. Uh, she's a great thing to see. Had the one run last year, and unfortunately collided with the rail. She rail and damaged her shoulder. Yeah. Well, she has a lot of trouble. She's fine at the moment. We'd like her in the rain, probably, but um, probably not going to get it. So. Rod, it's, it's uh, Royal Ascot next week. Have you got good memories of Royal Ascot? They've had a winner there, but that's the second. Um, I was second in the Hunt Cup once before seeing and um, we've had a second in the Queen Alexander, and um, we've had a couple of thirds in the Coventry and Paul Wallace. So, um, so um, no, yet to have a winner of Royal Ascot, but we've just got one runner this year, and that's um, absolutely a dream. First second performance this year without winning. Okay, Rod. Well, it's not the greatest of lines, so um, I think I'll, I'll call it a halt there. Thank you very much for talking to us. Um, have a good weekend and have a good break. If you, if it's going to be a long one, it doesn't sound like it'd be too long, but uh, yeah, no, every little helps, I'm sure. It is. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Rod. Speak to you next week. Well, now it's time to catch up with Dave. Well, start again. Well, now it's time to cash up with Dave Wilson at Harlequin Racing. Hello, Dave. How's things with you this morning? Yeah, very well, Adrian. Been a nice steady week on the weather front. Uh, it helps us. We can uh, predict a lot more of what's going to happen on the racetrack, hopefully, and uh, see where we go from there. So, yeah, absolutely. We've got a few selections uh, for Saturday for you, and uh, we're going to start off up at Sandown with the uh, 2.15 race. Uh, the one we're making now is a lattice Bay. Uh, Andrea Attini is going to be riding it at Marco Botti's trainer. Currently priced up at 13 to 8 with Sky Bet, and he's, he's won four of his eight races to date, and he's a top rated handicapped horse in the race, or joint top rated, and uh, the other one we don't think should be rated that high anyway. He doesn't look there. But obviously, this is a class one listed event, so we'll all be running off the same weight, apart from the girls who get a five pound allowance. Uh, let's say it's priced up to 13 to 8 at the moment with Sky Bet and personally we looked at the race and we, we marked him up about an even money or an odds on shot so he's going to be the day's napper anyway and the thing to note is the horse that's second in the betting Warrior Brave he finished two, two and a bit lengths behind at Lattice Bay last time they met and he was also getting four pounds that day but he's not getting anything this day so he's got four pounds to turn around and two lengths and I can't really see him reversing that sort of form over five furlongs so a lattice bay in uh, 2.15 stand down to our first tip and it's been a massive day for us okay 
Moving down to the 250 race at Sandown, we like the chances at King's Night here. Kieran Schumacher takes a ride for Charlie Hills, currently priced up 7-2 again with Skybet. And he took the eye last time out at Chester, and just funny old crack, he's got to be up front of there to have any chance of winning, as we all know. And this fellow was coming from well off the pace, and that was over seven and a quarter, seven and a half furlongs, he's now stepped back up to a mile. And he, he, he looks very well in with the way that he run in that race there. He's won twice and he's got three seconds from eight runs on his car, so he's a very consistent type. And uh, Charlie Hill stables in form. We've had 16 runners in June and three winners and five place efforts so far. So we think that King's Knight looks worth having a, a nice win bet on there at 7 or 2 and uh, 250 at Sandown. Okie dokie. Moving over to York, 305 race. We're going to have a nice bet on Roberto Escobar. Going to be ridden by Tom McQuand and trained by William Haggis. Currently priced up at 5 to 2 with Skybet and at 365 and most of the firms. And I personally think he, he looks certain to go off a little bit shorter in there. I think his main danger in the race is going to be Ranch Hand. For, I think Roberto Escobar certainly got the beatings of him. Uh, he's had a couple of runs over York's course and he's only got four runs on his card so far and he won his maiden or his novice race there and he won it very easily and a couple of the horses in behind him that day are now rated 99 and 98 so like he should be rated a little bit higher than the 103 or whatever he's rated at the moment uh, next time out after his win he ran in the great voltager and he was six he got beat seven and a half lengths that day by a horse called pile driver who won on the dark card at epson yeah he did yeah. last weekend and uh, is a very very useful horse but the thing to note in that race he got beat seven and a half lengths by a pile driver but he was only four lengths behind horses like Mogul and he finished in front of the horse called Subjectivist who's come out and won the Dubai Royal uh, Dubai Gold Cup since and also won Group 1 Class 1 race and a Group 3 race as well so I really think 5 to 2 is a massive price about Roberto Escobar so we'll be having a nice bet on him there Okay. Moving over to a couple of selections at Bath uh, the first one's in the 2.30 race this is one for putting in your multiple bets Clarendon House going to be ridden by Luke Morris and trained by uh, Ron Cal. Uh, his paper price is 8 to 13. If anyone can get 8 to 13, please give me a call. I think he's going to be more like a 1 to 3, 1 to 4. But if the 8 to 13 comes up, just smash into it. He's, he's had one race today up at Yarmouth and he absolutely bolted. Hello? Only on the 1st of June, so hang, hang on a minute, it. Dave. You, you, I lost you there right in the middle of that. Can you start Clarendon House again? Yeah, so moving over to Bar 230 race, uh, we're going to be going with Clarendon House, uh, ridden by Luke Morris and trained by Ron Cal. Uh, this one's a horse to put in your multiple bets or your life or whatever sort of bets that you like to have. His paper price, as I say, is 8 to 13, and he should be more like a 1 to 3, 1 to 4. He's got one race to date on his card at Yarmouth when out on the 1st of June, and he absolutely bolted clear at the end of the race. 
uh, it wasn't a cheap purchase. He cost 130,000 guineas as a two-year-old. And I just think he's still been the race to handsprings, basically. So he's one there that we're going to be putting into our multiple bets on Saturday. Bath 2.30, Clarendon House. Moving down to the 3.45 at Bath. Uh, one we're going to go with here, Handy written by Hayley Turner and uh, trained by one of the other show hosts, Mr Millman. Uh-huh. He's currently priced up at 11 to 1 with William Hills. Now, his horse is a Bath regular and he's got great stats over the course. He's got seven runs at Bath on his card, two wins and two place efforts. Uh, and the thing to note is he's never been out of first place in all the races he's had at Bath. So he's been dropped a couple of pounds since his last run and he's back down in trip as well. And he's back to a course that he likes best. And he's got one of the best female jockeys around riding in as well. So I thought you might mention her. Yeah, so last time he actually ran off the handicap mark at 73, he was actually racing at Bath over the course and distance, and he won very easily by two two lengths. So 11 to 1 is his price with William Hills at the moment, and that, that looks a very, very big price. Uh, he's well worth having an inch-way bet on him there. So that's what we've got for you on the horses front, and we've got one football selection for you up in uh, Euro 2020s. Uh, Sky Better offering Hungary... 13 to 8 to lose all their group games. Now, in their group, they've got France, Germany, and Portugal, three of the top five or six in the betting in the whole competition. Now, the thing that we've pulled up is the stats for Hungary to actually get a draw in any of the games. It's over 3 to 1 for them to even get a draw in any of the matches that they're playing against like Portugal, France, and Germany. So, like, 13 to 8 looks to be well worth having a a bet on in the Euros there for Hungary to lose all the first three group overs and get knocked out in the first round so which looks pretty potent in the group of death that they're in with the three, three teams they've got to play so that's another bet that we've given out to our members today so hopefully everyone else can have a little attack at Sky Bet with that one as well so that's what we've got for you for the week then mate okay. so hopefully uh, well worth it investments there. Yeah, yeah, let's hope so. And if the weather stays, it's going to get really hot tomorrow, apparently, I think. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's meant to be very nice. So hopefully, uh, like we've looked at that and we've looked at the horses and those that don't like the good firm, we've uh, put the pen and threw them on the paper. So uh, we've left with the ones that we've selected. So, yeah, yeah. It should be a nice band's racing and obviously the time is on and the cricket on and everything going on at the moment. There's quite a busy weekend for the sport. Should be a good weekend, mate. Should be a good weekend. Should be. All right then, Dave. Thank you very much for that. Lovely. Speak to you next week. Yeah, thanks, thanks, mate. Thank you. Right, well, from Dave Wilson, it's up to Lambo now to catch up with the cheeky chappy. Of course, it's Colin Brown. Well, good morning, Colin. What have you got for us today then? Good morning. Well, um, what did I give you last weekend? Was it any good? Well, yeah, you had uh, you had a fifteen to two, a five to one, eleven to ten, and of course you tipped the winner of the derby at sixteen to one. So I suppose that was considered to be quite good. Not too bad. Yeah, we gave it quite a good G up, didn't we? Um, yeah. And also to put in exactors as well. But you know, I always sort of mean when I put horses in exactors, that's the two that I really fancy for the race. So I always end up backing them singly as well because that's the way I do it. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't mind halving stakes and 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 winning a bit of money or backing more winners than just trying to sort of pick one out and go for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that was a good good start last week. So uh, what are you going to start with this week? We're at York, aren't we? Ooh, 
we're going to start with York. Yeah, good bit of racing at York. Um, and the first race on the card is for uh, amateur riders, for, for ladies, to be perfectly honest. It's a, quite, a, quite a prestigious race called the Queen Mother's Cup. And, um, of course, we don't no longer have a Queen Mother, sadly. But there's also, I could see winning here, that was rated about 90, is down to about 82 now. Um, and it's called Samin. And it's trained by Tim Easterby, ridden by his daughter. Um, that is Emily Easterby. I could see this horse running a big race, um, AD, yeah. uh, because that, this is the sort of race the Easterbys love to win. They've got a couple of runners in it. Well, the Easterby family, anyhow, because uh, Michael and David now are together. They ride at run a horse called Fly Me to the Stars. But I think um, Samin can win because Emily's ridden about 10 winners. She's quite experienced. And but it's around about 12 to 1 on my tissue as we speak. So I'm going to stick with that one. And uh, that's the first selection for us uh, up there at, um, at Weatherby, at um, York, should I say. Um, right. <clears throat> Moving on the next race, the handicap looks a little bit sort of tricky, I think, the 235. So we'll move to the, oh, we'll move to the 305. And um, this is an interesting little contest, this one. There's one or two horses here that have got plenty of ability. Uh, one of them's called Roberto Escobar, but he ran a bit moderate last time out. You've got Red Verdon in the race for the Ed Dunlop stable. Um, he had a disappointing run in the derby with, Ed, with John Leper, Leper. Um, but uh, this is a quite a good little race this one and I think Andrew Boarding's horse Ranch Hand could win it um, number one Ranch Hand I think that can win the uh, 305 at York is about 5 to 2 um, right on to the rest of the racing at York we've got Heritage Handicap gosh a lot of runners for that and that's at 340 they always look too hard to me because you really in these big handicaps you know you always say, oh, well, you want to be, um, you know, drawn what, drawn high or drawn low. But it is where the speed is. So I always think it's quite difficult to sort of, um, you know, just get it sorted and, you know, before the race. Do, do you find that? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, you know, I, 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 to me, sort of the eight or nine runners, that's, that's plenty for me. I think that's about the ideal number. Yeah, that's right. Because if not, it ends up being really, really, really difficult. Mm. So I'm going to leave that race alone at York. Um, next race is a handicap. That's over a mile. So <clears throat> come round a bend here. Again, there's a lot of runners. I think it's a really, really hard card, York. Um, apart from those couple that I mentioned. I just look at the 525 just in case I've made a little note there. Um, yeah, I have actually. Yeah, in the last race, there's a trainer that's in fantastic form called Nigel Tinkler. And I used to ride with Nigel, and he's a good man. He's got a horse called Round Hay Park that's a very consistent, bit of an improver. And I think Round Hay Park could easily win the 525. So, number two, Round Hay Park at York is my third selection up there at York. Okay. Well, we we have got a six-race card. Don't get many six-race cards anymore. 
Um, they're normally sort of seven or eight. And um, we got a six-race card at um, at Chester, and um, not the easiest track. You need a horse that's uh, drawn a bit on the low side there at Chester, unless you've got um, unless you've got uh, you know not too many runners. And um, the first race at Chester is a sprint. There's a couple of reasonable horses in the race for three-year-olds. But I can see Tim Easterbiam, another winner. He's got a horse called Lost My Sock. Um, something you've probably done quite a few times. It was uh, second at Carlisle last time out. And I think it's got a good chance of winning today. So Lost My Sock is a number five at Chester in the, in the first race. That's the one I like. Right. Um you often keep an eye on the old um, colours, don't you, uh, here, of um, <clears throat> of Dr. Marwen Kukash. And uh, he has plenty of winners on the track. Um, and he's got a couple of runners in the 210. He's got Brian the Smell, Snell, Gabriel the Devil. He's got Penn Wartham. Um, gosh, he's, he's, got a, he's got a few runners in the race oh, yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, isn't he? Yeah, he's got a fair few runners in this race and it's damn difficult to know which one of his is going to be the business on the day. But there's a course winner there, Penn Wortham. And, uh, you know, he's run OK. He was third to Gabriel or the Devil um, a couple of runs ago at Chester, um, which is, you know, probably reasonable sort of form. Um, and when 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 he when he did that, he, they both came out of quite a good draw. So there's probably not too much between them, except for today. Old Gabriel's given uh, Pen Wartham a little bit more weight, and I'm going to go for Pen Wartham to win the race. Um, he, he's a horse that uh, you know he just needs settling in. So from his wide draw, he can easily come across. So he's an each way bet. That's what I say. But basically, if you uh, look at the form, they're mainly horses in this race. You know, you want low numbers. But this is a horse that comes from behind. With a cutaway there, Chester could easily just get straight across towards the rail and make its way through. So give him a little each way chance in the 210. Um, On to Chester for the 245. There's a horse that ran really well at Brighton the other day, but it was beaten four lengths by probably quite a good thing in the race but it's called Syke um, or Sitch and it, it ran there at Brighton and I think I would say it will take the beating Gary Moore doesn't often take one there to Brighton to um, you know up to uh, <coughs> Chester it's quite a long way from him and uh, I would say this horse has got a right on chance of winning Psyche Mark Johnson calls it I've just reminded myself so it's called Psyche and Tom Queeley rides, and Tom Queeley, of course, is engaged now to Hayley Moore, who is um, Gary and Jane's only daughter. So, Psyche, for me, and the 345 at Chester. Okay. Um, what wins the mile and a half race at uh, 320? Well, it's a pretty it's a pretty competitive little race. Side shot from the Gosden Yard. Probably not without a chance for Rav Avalon takes the ride on this one. Um, Love is golden from the uh, yard of um, Mark Johnson. He does very well here, Mark Johnson. And, and Love is golden is probably the one that I should go 
It was a winner at um, Big Bailey's Derby Day at Chester. Um, and it was second last time out at Goodwood. Like, this is sort of switchback uh, pernickety tr- tracks. And um, I'm going to go for number four, Love is Golden at Chester in our 320. Now, um, I was talking to Mary a little uh, earlier in the week, and uh, she's in good form. And she had a good old listen last week, and she thought there was a few quite good bets. But um, she does say to me that she hasn't got a betting account yet, but I reckon she probably has, don't you? Well, if she's that keen, I would have thought it would be much easier for them to go down to bookies every day. Yeah, mind you, she still rides a bike, but, um, you know, uh, if you win a lot of money to come back, there's a bit of a problem uh, getting it all on your bike, like on your back. You know, if you've got a fair bit of cash. <laughs> well, well could, couldn't you, you not get a you know a little, a little sort of nice little three year old that she could have sort of tied up and just just dive onto to pop down the bookies on? Yeah, that's true. Little horse to ride down to the bookies yeah. on the building. And yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, that's true. That's a good idea. Actually, I should suggest that. I think. Yeah, well, I speak to yeah one, one of Godolphin's yeah. ones or something that would do the job. I would have thought. Yeah, just a nice retired one from Godolphin. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, right back to Chester. There's a two-year-old race there that's probably going to be quite good. But Richard Hannon's got winning. He's run some good races without winning, but he's been placed. He won, and then he's been placed at York. Called Rob John, horse number. He's number one, drawn four in our 355 at Chester and I would say that is my idea of the winner there um, to be perfectly honest so Rob John to win the second last there at Chester I don't think I'm going to put any more horses up um, up there if you don't mind I'm going to move from the north down to the south a place called Bath have you ever been to Royal Bath Racecourse? Oh, I have indeed yes one of uh, Hot Trots around there heartwarming and he came second when I went down so, yes, I have. It's not a bad little track, and they got some good racing there. I see Holly Doyle's there today, so she's obviously probably got a whole book of rides there in the first race. She rides a horse called... Um, what's it called? Um, I've lost her now. Um, yeah, she rides a horse called Opine from the John Joe O'Neill stable. Quite lightly raced. Well, I say lightly raced, no wins in 15 runs, I'm <laughs> trying to say. But it was second last time out, and it, well, that wasn't a bad run. There's got some reasonable sort of herd of uh, form, and that uh, wouldn't be the biggest surprise. If Opine won the first at Bath, number six. Uh, moving to the 155 at Bath, this is a, two, a two-year-old race. Um, Daryl Holland's got a runner there called Eddie Boo Boo. And um, Pat Murphy's got a runner as well, called Melfi Gem. So uh, some interesting little trainers in the race. Uh, let's see what wins it. Well, Richard Hound does blooming well here, and so does Richard Fye. And uh, Fye's got a horse running that just uh, has run a couple of decent races. And, you know, you normally um, expect a bit of improvement f- from them, really. Um, so... Uh, sorry, Richard Hannon, should I say. Um, and it's called Symphony Perfect, um, which um, which could win this. Although, the more I look at it, I'm not so sure. I might just uh, shade with Simon and Ed Christopher's horse, which Holly Doyle rides, called Lucky Shake. 
So that's going to be my bet there. Um, handicaps down there, as I say, again, it's always tricky. The draw down at um, down at Bath sometimes, you know, tells you a few things. So you need to be a little bit low numbers in the in the in the races over a you know shorter distance. But um, I'm sure sure we'll find a longer distance at race and, and the draw won't make any difference. Um, so we've got the four. To, I'm looking for the stairs race. I'm just by getting a bit of time as I talk. Um, oh, here's a winner for us. Yeah, this is a win. It's in the um, 345. This is also been looking for. It's called Bachelor Boy. And it's ridden by Nicola Curry for George Bowie. She won on it the other day at um, Brighton. So again, likes these sort of swishback tracks, and she gave it a great ride. And you know, I think since you know, blood, thicker, and water. Since um, Safiaz Osborne's been riding, uh, Nicola Curry did ride for Jamie Osborne, and still gets a few rides. But of course, blood, thicker, and water. So after a few, you know, uh, winners, Safi Osborne, she's a nice little rider. You know, Jamie obviously puts his daughter up in front of his his jockey. Um, Nicola Curry, so you know she got slightly edged out, and she's kept her um, she's kept her, her her temperament, if you like, right. And you know, no, sometimes you can sort of go, oh, blue and trainer, and sort of tell him to get stuffed or something, but that's not the way around it. So I said to her the other day, at Brighton, well done, you've really you know handled it well. You're starting to get some good rides, and she is actually riding for George Bowie. Lots of big trainers. So I think Bachelor Boy number one, 345 at Bath, looks to me what I call a good thing. So let's hope that we see it win. Don't like the 425, looks difficult. Let's have a look at the 455. Gosh, this is another race um, that looks quite difficult as well. Um, I'm not going to bother putting the bet up because I really don't fancy anything. So we'll give that race a miss and we'll move on to what we call the principal meeting of the day. Um, Adrian, that is at Sandown Park. Now, Sandown Park's a place that when I was riding, I absolutely adored. I love riding at Sandown Park. Great place to entertain people. I think I've told your listeners that before because if they're not that interested in horses, you can... You can see the Shard, you can see Wembley, you can see Amsterdam Heath, Heathrow Airport. It's just a lovely, lovely place. Um, and the first race at 105 is a seven furlong race, so they'll start off down the back and come around a bend. Uh, what wins it, we say to ourselves? Well, it looks quite a tricky little race, but um, there's a couple of horses in this one that I could fancy a bit. And one of them, this is the first race, one of them is uh, is called Zaffarelli. It's trained by Rafe Beckett and ridden by Adam Kirby. And, of course, Adam, what a great ride for him in the derby last week. And um, as we said uh, offline, um, you know, what comes around, what goes around, comes around because he got jocked off his derby mat 72 hours beforehand. And Godolphin, Charlie Appleby, very kindly, uh, he booked O'Sheen Murphy to ride um, the Derby winner. Uh, he didn't know what was going to win then. But um, and then when when um, when Kirby became free, 
he jocked Oshin off and put Kirby back on it because Kirby had the horse at home, you know, and he'd broken him in. He knew him well. <laughs> so be interesting to see what happens when he runs next. It will. So, You're look, right. Looking at looking at this race, Safarelli, I think, has got a real good chance of winning. And that's uh, Adam Kirby and Rafe Beckett. Right, moving to the 135. Go. Uh Royal Berth, um, trained by Stuart Williams, a good consistent horse that, um, that often runs well in these big handicaps. But this handicap is over five furlongs at Sandown. You know, uh, when people go to Sandown, they're looking down the track to their right, looking for the start of the race. And the five furlong track is right up through the middle. It's through the middle of the golf course. But it's a lovely five furlong. They start with backs backs to the silly Isles roundabout and they finish left-handed up past the stands it's a it's a great um it's a great uh it's a great start um what wins it well normally you want a sort of high numbered horse but um a, a low numbered horse should i say but do you know what? there's a horse in the race that doesn't stop winning david egan rises for david flood and it just seems to love the game at the moment hacks up every time it wins and it's called Kindergarten Cop, number seven. So that's the one I'm going to go for over this quirky five furlongs here at... Um, at uh, Sandown. It is. Sandown Park, that would do. At Sandown Park. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. One second, I've just lost my place. Um, yeah, Sandown Park. So, yeah, no, it's, it's a fantastic track to go to. Right, here we go, Sandown Park. Um, right, the next race is the 2.15. It's a listed race. It's a quick look at it. It's a scurry stakes. Um, one, two, quite nice horse in the race. Talking about Appleby, he's got Warrior Brave in the race. We've got uh, Michelle Starr from the Tom Ward yard. Um, you'll know more about that than me because obviously you speak to Tom and he'll be on your programme a little bit later on. He will um, indeed. Nothing that nothing really springs to mind there so let's have a look at the 250 i'm getting noted down for that last race the 250 is an interesting little race uh david ellsworth runs also called dogged and they it runs in his colors and i know he's a horse that he said you know he's not too bad this horse and so if he just sort of you know improved a tiny bit he could get in the first three he's won one race out of his eight races already so I give Dogged a good chance in the 255. 255, yeah. Um, 250, should I say, even. Um, yeah, no, interesting old racing, it really is. Uh, right, on to the 325 here at Sandland Park. It's the Coral Handicap, and it's a pretty competitive little race. Um, it's over a mile and once. So they start halfway down the back and down the bottom bend and round. Um, what wins it? Well, I would say Richard Hannon probably wins it with a horse called Escobedo. Second last time out. It's a three-year-old handicap. Anyhow, second last time out. Ran a good race at Windsor, not being verified by epidemic. And I'd say this will win today. Escobedo. And that runs in the uh, in the um, three twenty five at Epsom. See if we can find you one more better Epsom, um, or even Sandown. 
Sander. Yeah, I, I was at it from last week. Yeah. Dear, dear, dear. That's me getting back racing, you see. I haven't got my head around it properly yet. Yeah, no. So, well, they are owned by the same jockey club of states, aren't they? Uh, but, yeah, no. Huey Morrison will win the last at uh, Sandown. And it's also called Sulichana. And it won, well, it's won its last two races. Salisbury and Nottingham. And it's won nicely. It's improving. And I would say will win today. Got up seven pounds, but will win today. And uh, probably nearly the better of the meeting. So that is also called Sulichana for our final race at Sandown Park. Well done. Now that you've sorted out where you are, it does help. Well, you know, sometimes you forget, don't you, <laughs> Well, <But>. you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. No, so all sorted. That's the winners. Good. Well done, Colin. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much, as usual. And um, No problem. I hope your listeners have a lovely, lovely weekend. And, um, you know, and Mary maybe takes your advice, gets a taxi back from the bookies, or gets one down. No, she needs a Godolphin one. I tell you, a, a, a Godolphin three-year-old, you know, she could put her nice blue silks on and just trot down there. She'd be there and back in no time. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. There you go. You are absolutely right. That's what we'll do. <laughs> keep, keep it up, Mary. Keep it up. And when you're gonna, I thought you were going to get Mary on the show as well. You haven't done that yet. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, I did mention it to her the other day. She says, oh, that's good, meaning you haven't got me on the show yet. So we'll work on it. We'll work. We'll get Asuka over. And we'll, we'll get her on the show at the end of June, shall we? Right, OK. I'll leave that in your capable hands. And, of course, you kept it very quiet, Colin. And, of course, next week is Royal Ascot week. And you and I are going to be uh, getting to know each other even better each evening, aren't we? We certainly are, Amy, because it is Royal Ascot next week, Tuesday to Saturday. And some of the finest flat racing you can ever wish to watch. And I just think, you know, it's just such a great week. And um, I'm blessed to uh, be asked by Ascot to work there. In fact, um, I'm going to show off a little bit now. I am um, Ascot's... Um, uh, bet with Ascot. They they run their own in-home um, um, betting, uh, uh, you know, like, like the tote really, but it's called Bet with Ascot. And um, yeah, I, I'm their uh, I'm their ambassador, so I'm really looking forward to that. Well, we're looking forward to having a chat with you each week or each day, I should say, to get the winners. So I think I'm right in saying yeah, we're going to have a little chat in the evening. Aren't we? About what time? Yeah, it, well, it starts at um, uh, it starts on the Tuesday, doesn't it, Scott? I think I'm right in saying. Yeah, first day of Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, so I would say that we would. Uh, it's going to have to be slightly later. So um, yeah, I just think, listeners, if you'd like to tune in at nine o'clock each night after the Europod, uh, looking at the Euro european championships we will have a little a little slot in there where we can give you all the winners for ascot so that'll be nine o'clock on three valleys radio each evening next week fantastic can't wait excellent thanks colin and we'll catch up with you next week then thank you very much we certainly will thanks Eddie. thanks listeners listen to us at nine o'clock every evening for the best news from Royal ascot well now it's time for another stroll around the corner from Colin Brown's little establishment at Lambourne to our friend Tom Ward, who I forgot to ring yesterday. Shame on me. Okay, here we go. Well, good afternoon, Tom. Um, sorry about yesterday. I completely forgot, but there you go. I shall uh, 
stand uh, and put my hand out and get a couple of whacks across the hand. Um, um, what's what's been happening with you anyway? Uh, you had a, a winner a, a while ago, not that long ago. Two winners, yeah, we had a couple, two winners this week. That was good. Um, good start to the week, Monday, Tuesday. Um, no horses seem in good health. Absolutely, not continue. Yeah, yeah. And uh, although it's only a neck, the waterman, I mean, it, they all count, don't they? So it doesn't really matter. Still, yeah. no, exactly. Well, he won one nicely in the end. He just got got going quite late on, and then fight, and then got his head on head and front on the line. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I suppose I, I better not mention Aussie Rascal then, had I? Uh, I don't know. Ryan Moore didn't really sort of uh, fully get involved. He sort of let him left him be. So it was sort of it wasn't really a run for him. I'd say he's more yeah. of a gallop than a than a race. So I think we'll uh, we'll be better next time. Yeah. Now I must admit, I thought when I saw Ryan Moore, uh, Ryan Moore was on it, I, I thought he had a good chance actually. But uh, as I expect, you did as yeah. well. But uh, he seems... well, boy, the ground, the ground was a bit quick for him, so we just had to look after him a bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But then again, today you've got a few runners, uh, at Goodwood anyway, uh, two, uh, Amber yeah. What sort of a chance has, has uh, this one well, got? If she, if she ran, if she ran on the track like she works at home, she would be running very well. But she hasn't yet done it, so one day the penny will click. But once it does, I think she'll start winning away races on yeah. the mark. But she just needs to get everything, everything, all her ducks in a row before she can. Uh, before she starts winning, but no capable of winning a race like that. Mm. And then um, Moonshiner. Yeah, she ran very well last time over five, so the step up to six should suit. Um, she's in good form. It's a competitive race on paper, but she's uh, she's in good order, and I'd be hoping that she'd be able to get a place at least, if not get her head in front if she gets a bit of luck. Okay, well, we better tune in to... Uh, um... Yeah, uh, Racing TV, yeah. Yeah, racing, is it? Racing TV. Um, uh, Tom, next week is uh, Royal Ascot. Question one, have you got any runners? We've got one on Thursday, yeah. Tim Toretto, who won last time out for a good but so that would be, be nice. Yeah. Get him out again. Who's riding? Uh, I don't know yet. Jason Watson, maybe. He rode him last time. Okay. Have you had it? You know, have you got any you know, really good memories of, of Ascot? Because I mean, I know you haven't been trading that long, but I mean, how many runners have you? Is this your first runner there, or have you had more? My second runner there. Yeah, we had one last year that didn't go so well, but yeah, we've got this is the second one. So um, no, Ringudu. He should run well. I think he should shouldn't be far away. He's a, he's a fun horse. He's run, been running consistently uh, well all, all sort of um, all all year. So I'd be hoping he can run another nice race. To be a very much more competitive, but he shouldn't be that far away. Yeah, but I, I'm assuming it's it's sort of weeks like the, the Ascot week and the Derby week, and this is this is what you're in racing for, isn't it? Oh, exactly, definitely. I mean, these sort these sort of meetings here in Glorious Goodwood, etc. They're always the ones that um, are great. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of fun. And and uh, have you got any, any other big big race entries? That, you know. Back of We've your got mind. A, Philly, a Philly running tomorrow at Sandown in, in a listed race. Hopefully she's got a nice chance of getting some black type. Michelle Starr, who ran fourth at Newbury a couple of weeks ago, so she's she's um, in good form. And again, hopefully she's she's more than capable of getting in the first three and running a big race. But she's uh, yes, yeah, probably her first time she's got her her ground. So fingers crossed, really. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll keep our eye on that one. Okay, then, Tom. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for that uh, little bit of inside information. We appreciate it. And uh, no apologies for yesterday, but I'll make sure that I don't miss the call again. No problem. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Have a good day, Tom. Cool. Cheers, then. Thank you for your time. Okay. Right. Well, that more or less brings us to the end of the show. Uh, just a question of now reminding you uh, every night next week here on Three Valleys Radio at nine o'clock, we will have a uh, roundup of the following day's 
action at Royal Ascot with Colin Brown, where hopefully we can pick a few winners for you. Um, and of course, don't forget to join us again, usual time next Friday here on Three Valleys Radio. But in the meantime, thanks for listening and uh, have a good week. Thank you.